Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Houston, we have a problem. The fighting <laughs> Will Hills are coming to the fi- final four. We got hoops. We got NFL. Owners meetings are getting underway this week. We're going to talk a little NFL draft and division talk, but Michael Lombardi What a day of basketball it was yesterday. Stunning day. You know, and as a handicapper, you need one of those days to kind of give yourself credibility. And Will Hill had one, right? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like Jimmy the Greek. Nobody remembers this story. But when Jimmy the Greek was a a young man in Steubenville, Ohio, he grew a mustache. And his sister said to him, women don't like men with mustaches. And so he said, you can't be right about that. And so he hired three women, put them in the supermarkets in Steubenville, and asked women coming in if they like men with mustaches. Overwhelmingly, they don't. Can confirm. Can confirm. (laughs) He takes $10,000 at 14 to 1 and bets it on Harry Truman. That's how Jimmy the Greek became the Greek. And so Will Hill had his Greek moment last night. You know, when he picks Florida Atlantic, we're all sitting here snickering at him, right? And, you know, you got to give them credit. It wasn't a lucky guess. That, that, that's handicapping, and that's where, you know, when you dig deep into the details and do the work that you have to do, you need a lucky break. I kind of thought Kansas State fell apart there at the middle part of the game, but credit to Will Hill. He had his Jimmy the Greek moment. It goes back to what you said when we had Will on the show and he first put out his final four for us, and, you know, congrats to him for catching that ticket. But you said this is a year where you can't laugh at anybody's bracket. No, no. I mean, look, they – they were resilient. They were tough. I think back when I hear the stories, and I was going to write this for the Daily Coach. I was working on it this morning. But one of the great thrills in my life, uh, I've had a lot of great thrills in my life, but professionally was Belichick and I before a combine, we would always go to Indiana. And we would always go spend time with Coach Knight. And so, and, and you would walk into Assembly Hall and it would be dead silence. And you would watch the practice. And the most obvious thing besides watching the players were the managers, were these kids that just came out of nowhere like an ant colony and had racks of basketballs so that when Knight yelled free throws, all of a sudden everybody was shooting free throws and the balls were imperfectly placed. You know, I mean, Dusty May was one of those managers. I didn't know it at the time, but he was. He's a young kid going to school there. He got this job because he he cut the team doctor's lawn and he put a good word in for him, and that launched his career. So to me, it, it, it's just a, a, a tribute to his resiliency and his team's resiliency. You could see it in his team. There was a moment last yet last night. Of course, Will Hill texted me and said, "Oh, this it was a good run." You know, he gave up in the third in the second half, but there was a great run and. You know, he was able to uh, he, he was able they, they withstood it. And I think a lot of that is the personality that the coach inflicts into the team. And I loved post game. Uh, Kansas State's head coach, Jerome Tang, goes to the FAU locker room and says, hey, we're pulling for you guys. You're the toughest team that we've played this entire time. Yeah. And that's coming off the overtime win over Michigan State that he's saying that to these kids. And I, I thought that was awesome. I, I could see him saying that because there was a moment I thought they broke him. 
I thought, and then I, I think Barkley said it at, ha- at at the halftime of the UConn game. I thought that Norwell became ball dominant there, and they really struggled to get their offense going with, with from the eight minute mark to the end of the game. They really struggled to get their offense going. They couldn't get into a rhythm. And Florida Atlantic raised their play. It was remarkable. And Kansas State still had a shot um, at the end of the game. And Noel passes the ball. And so he had done this all game, right? Like he does a quick pass. He gets it right back to him. They couldn't get the ball back to Noel for him to have that last opportunity shot. So FAU ends up winning. They overcome 20. Don't underestimate them. I mean, don't overestimate. Well, so I would just say limit the turnovers because (laughs) you overcome 22 turnovers. First team since 2010 to turn the ball over more than 20 times in an elite eight game and win. The last time was Butler coincidentally against Kansas State. So they've been dogged by by that situation a number of times, but ended up dominating the boards. They went on that 15 to one run there in the second half that really just changed the dynamic of the game for FAU. And they were great from a betting perspective, guys. 82% 82% of bets at BetMGM, 76% of the money was all on K-State. And according to Bet Labs, Michael, yeah. since 05, teams that have gotten 80% of bets in an NCAA tournament game have gone 2-12 and 12 ATS. I, that, well, that goes back to my theory, the mush theory. Just don't be yep. on the side of that. You never want to do that. And I, But I think <laughs> there was more that this was the Norwell factor. Uh, me included. Like, I, I, you know, for everything that I've, I love about basketball and, you know, watching Coach Knight and being around him. And, you know, a lot of people have different opinions of Coach Knight. But if you wanted to learn about team building and coaching, Coach Knight was a great mentor to have. And so I've always had a fondness for the Indiana program. And, of course, when he went to Texas. So, like, for me, you know, I I was conflicted. Do I root for Dusty May, Indiana? But I love the Norwell fact. I loved watching. Mm -hmm. I wanted to keep watching him play. Me too. I wanted to keep watching what he was doing on the court. And, you know, and they just, they met him. And they, they matched them at the perfect time. And, like I said, I think there was a moment in that game where Florida Atlantic could have folded and they didn't. I was so silly, Michael, because we talked about it last week. I was so excited about my Marquise Noel over six and a half assist prop. Came home no problem. He set an NCAA tournament record against Michigan State with his 19 assists. This game, it was set at seven and a half, bet up to eight and a half right away, but it stuck at eight and a half. And again, just like a no, I didn't do it because it's like, oh, that's probably like a more proper right. number than what there was the game for. Soars over it again. Yeah. So silly me for not just trusting in Marquise Noel to be the assist master flash. There's something about, I don't know how we can factor this in or determine it, but there's certain guys in sports that have vision unlike anybody mm-hmm. else, you know, and, and Bryce Young, I think has the same quality too. Uh, in fact, I was talking, you know, when I was at the coaching clinic, uh, at uh, at Tucson yesterday, not to kind of change the subject, but I wanted to get this, like everybody that was at Bryce Young's workout, like they all came back thinking Bryce Young's the number one pick. And, and I mean, I was talking to head coaches that were there at the clinic yesterday in the league, and they were like, whoa, because they have he has this eye vision that it's Steph Curry has it. You know, I, it's just not given out randomly. You know, it's, oh, it's given out random. Nobody, not everybody has it. Like, how did you see that? How did you know that that was the right pass to make? That's what made him so much fun to watch. Yeah, and we will talk plenty of NFL draft quarterback props that are available right now a little bit later on in the show. Um, the winner, sorry, FAU will face the winner of SDSU Creighton. We'll get previews of both of the games that are coming up later today, Miami and Texas, as well with a few of our great guests. Justin Perry, betting analyst at Shot Quality, is going to join us in about 30 minutes, end of the hour. Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN Zone, JVT. Of course, you know him from filling in on this program a ton as well. We'll join us in an hour, too. Your guy, Thomas Gable from the Borgata. Yeah. But what surprised you more yesterday? FAU advancing to the Final Four or just the utter and complete domination that UConn put on Gonzaga? I, I was not surprised by UConn. You know, I wasn't. I, I think I, I've said it on the air. We talked about it. Uh, Femi and I talked about it yesterday. I mean, it was, to me, they're the best team. They're long. They're athletic. They were a hard matchup for Gonzaga. We talked about the the, the effect that that the UCLA game had on Gonzaga, you know. But I think more than anything, this UConn team has an effect on everybody. Mm-hmm. There's nothing easy about what you do when you play them. And the number got bet up. So like this was a game that on BetMGM actually opened UConn getting a point and a half. Other places it opened Pickham ended up closing UConn minus three. Um, but I mean, take the alt lines because on BetMGM. 
for UConn to win by 26 or more, 33 to one. So somebody maybe maybe cashed that. I mean, ticket. It, it's unbelievable. Sheesh. They were just so dominant in the game, and you could tell it was over. And everybody, oh, the Timmy foul wasn't fair. Yada yada yada. No, look, that game. So maybe it wasn't going to be as you know, maybe it wasn't going to be a 20 plus win, but it was going to be a big win. I mean, UConn just was just relentless in their ability to to control the boards, set their defense. You know, run their offense, make shots. I mean, I, I, it's going to take a Herculean effort to beat them. It really is. Whoever gets to them, you know, to beat them and have to beat them twice, or you know, to play, you got to have to play your best game to beat them. Timmy, that fourth foul coming just three minutes into the second half, and I mean, UConn already had a seven-point lead at halftime. Yeah, but still, um, their four wins in the tournament to this point, Michael, have been by an average of nearly 23 points per game. They haven't won by fewer than 15. And it's really, you know, and they're peaking at the right time. I mean, look, this is a team that's peaking at the right time, and they can play. You know, we one of the things we talked about in football is you have to be able to throw it when you can throw it. You have to be able to run it when you can run it. You have to be able to stop the run when you need to, stop the pass. And UConn can play any way. They can play fast. They can play slow. They can play half court. They can play inside. They can play. I mean, they have versatility within their team. And, and that's a hard way to play. Like, there's certain way, like, the, to slow Gonzaga down, the number one scoring team in the nation, <laughs> and hold them to 54 points is remarkable. They average more than 80. I know. <laughs> like, I know. And they were never going to get there. And, and they were never going to get there. They had, what, 32 at the half? Yeah, and the broadcasters were great, too, saying, like, I don't know what's better about UConn, their offense or their defense right now, because yeah. they're just clicking in every facet. Yeah. And even on a night where Adama Sanogo wasn't great offensively, he had been averaging 26 points per game in the tournament, only had 10, but he also had – 10 hey, boards and, and the all assist those assists. numbers. Yes. He, I'll tell you what, he passes the ball Six out assists, of the post, out of the post better than I anticipated him doing. He had court awareness in that situation and poor Stan Van Gundy, he was looking for lunch in, at the second half. You know, he was trying, they were trying to make it a game. You know, I love it when the announcers try to, oh, this is, you know, don't rule out Gonzaga here. No, we're watching this game, rule out Gonzaga here. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm watching it. Like, there's no way Gonzaga is getting back into this one. The 28 point Elite Eight win over Gonzaga, the largest NCAA tournament win beyond the round of 64. It was significant held Gonzaga two of 20 from three-point land. The uh, the winner of Miami, Texas, will have to deal with that. Yeah. So that'll be uh, an interesting matchup, no doubt. We're going to step aside real quickly, take a break, and then you already alluded to it, Bryce Young and his pro day. Yeah. People walked away saying a lot of really, really good things. We'll get into some of the quarterback draft props when we come back here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. The splits are up right now. Now for the two games ahead in the Elite Eight. Creighton getting 59% of the handle against San Diego State later, but an mm. even split for the ticket count. I know you have to fly today. What are you doing? Are you Ugh, gonna... I'm stressed. Are you stressed? The game tips off around like 1130, Michael, and that's exactly when I have to drive to the airport. So I'm going to just try to listen well, to the know, radio you... broadcast there. So if you, download, if you download the NC2A app, the 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 NC2A app. You can watch the game on your phone. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I don't know. So my flight takes off at one o'clock. You can. So we'll, well see you'll be able how to much see of it I get through before I get on the plane. Well, yeah, but if you have that app, you can watch. because yeah. that app allows you to watch all the games. So that's what I started to do before I got on the Southwest flight to come home last night. And then when I got on the flight, they had Southwest had the, the live TV, so I could watch the game. But yeah, you can watch that on that app. That app's incredible. So yeah, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna. So you're a professional. You're used to the, the no, traveling, I, making things happen. Yeah. Well, I just I, I can remember that app. I you know I can remember traveling one year and being on pro days all over the country, and you know you're trying to watch the college tournament, and you know those pro days they don't <laughs> care about it. They just you know. So you just go and do it. So speaking of which, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, um, and Will Levis all had their pro days yeah. this past week. Anthony Richardson is coming up this Thursday. As far as the three players that have already gone, biggest takeaways or things that you were hearing? You know, it's funny. Uh, yesterday, as I spent time down there at Arizona listening to the coaches talk about it, who had been to the, who all went to the workouts, and everybody was really highly uh, – they, everybody was good. You know, everybody was singing the praises of, of the talents of the players. But, you know, when I asked one of the coaches, I said, who's going one? And he said, oh, I think that they're going to take Bryce Young. And, and I think that's, to me, the reality of people in the industry, maybe not the betting market, but people that watch tape for a living, the people that understand the quarterback position. You know, as I've said many times on the show, if he were one. It's easy. The other thing that I think people came away with from the Alabama workout was the power in his arm. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you watch the game, if you watch the game against Georgia, the championship game, when Alabama beats him, he makes some incredible throws in that game. But he has an ability to throw the ball without without any hitches in it. He can drive it quickly. And remember, you know, I come to Bryce Young from a place of prove it to me, mm-hmm. which is the greatest place to be in evaluation. What you don't want to be is the first rule of scouting is never begin with the end in mind. So, but if you're going to begin with anything, begin with the negative. Don't begin with the pot. Let the player prove to you he's good. Don't assume he's good. Don't assume Nick Smith's a lottery pick when you watch him and you yeah. realize he's not. You know what I mean? Like you can't do that. And I don't mean to pick on Nick Smith, but that's the perfect example. So for me, you know, I started with Bryce Young saying, 
I missed the memo on the 510 quarterbacks. I have. But this kid's unique. And his eye, his concentration, his ability to see things that I don't see on the field and make those plays. And then when you factor in, and this one head coach said to me yesterday, he said, the arm talent is really unique. And I, and I agree when you watch it closely. Andy Staples, a uh, college football reporter, was on Patrick and Amal's show the other day, Sharp Money. And I thought he, he said pretty succinctly that something I, I enjoyed and I appreciated and I really agreed with, that take the guy who is the best at football, right? right. Yeah. And the guy who has proven over a two-year span as the starting quarterback at the University of Alabama that is the best at football is Bryce Young. And he can do all of the things that you just mentioned. He has the command and the leadership. And I talked to Bill O'Brien and and Nick Saban at the Sugar Bowl this year who used words like brilliant about him, said that he's the smartest quarterback they've ever coached, which is very high praise, especially coming from a coach like O'Brien. We know who he has coached. Exactly. And and I, and I, I think that what Stapleton said there is taking a complex problem and making it simple. Mm -hmm. And, and he's right. And I think at the end of the day, you know, apparently at Alabama, no one could get to Bryce Young except the Panthers. Like, no, everybody was having a hard time. Tepper was there with his wife. The owner and his wife were there. Like, there was an energy about it, you know, that you could feel. And this pitcher to me is really, when you see him in that cocked football position where the ball is, his shoulder, his, his left shoulder is above his right shoulder, that arc of the ball is why he doesn't get very many tipped down for an undersized kid. So I, I agree. Let's not make this too complicated. The best player in college football at the position of quarterback was this kid. I just can't like – there's just so many things I like about him. Like he he can run. He's not looking to run, but he has the scrambling ability to extend plays at an elite level. It's like everything he has except for the size. Two inches he checks He checks the boxes. Yeah, you know, so, it's, it's like it's funny. I was telling the story the other day when I went to go pick up Steve Young at the airport. You know, every, we, we had a vote in the 49ers. We were upstairs. We're 7-Eleven Nevada Street. We were in this dumpy facility and, and – uh, and Walsh called a meeting, and he said, I have an opportunity to trade for Steve Young, and it's going to cost Eddie DeBarlo a million dollars, and we'll give up a fourth-round pick or something. And wh- who wants to, who's in favor of this trade? Now, we got Mike Holmgren in the room who coached Steve Young at BYU. Not a hand went up. Now, a lot of that was because everybody was in love with Montana, and they didn't want to see Joe not play because of the injuries. So... Walsh gets mad. He walks out of the room and he says, Michael, come here. He says, go to the airport. Steve Young gets in in 45 minutes. Pick him up. When I pick up Steve Young, he's wearing cowboy boots with four-inch heel, like two-inch heels because he was about a six-foot quarterback, right? And that was completely not the, the league. And, and then when I watch Young, I get the fact that you want more a taller guy. But there's something special about this kid. Like Steph Curry, there's something special. Coincidental that they share the name Young. Um, Okay, so based on the thought process, if what we have discussed and what we think could take place, there is ample opportunity in the betting market to make money on this because in the first quarterback selected market, C.J. Stroud's a minus 300 favorite, Bryce Young plus 225. Second quarterback selected, Bryce Young is the minus 250 favorite, and Stroud is plus 250. If that's the way, I mean, we think that these are the two best quarterbacks. We think the Panthers take Bryce Young. You're getting two massive plus money price bets right away if that's how things play out. I think it's going to be, I do believe, and I've said this since the beginning, I do believe it's going to be Bryce Young. I, it just makes too much sense. And then when you, when you talk to people who are not involved with the decision, who are watching it, who are experts at, at kind of reading the tea leaves. Because when you go to a pro day, you can kind of get a sense. You know, one of the things you do at a pro day is you kind of take all the information in and figure out, look, I was there at the pro day. I know how interested the Packers were in player Y, mm-hmm. or I know how interested the, the, the Texans were. So you kind of know who your opponents are based on the – and I think clearly everybody walked out of there saying that Bryce Young was Tepper's guy whether it's Frank Reich's guy or not. Mm-hmm. But remember, Frank Wright doesn't own the organization. Tepper does. Owners last a little longer than head coaches no in this business. Okay, so you've spoken a few times. Let's go to the other two quarterbacks, to Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. You've spoken a few times now on Indianapolis and the good path, should they want to go down it, about Lamar Jackson. 
if they do not go down that path, or let's say they do their due diligence and they have these meetings, but they it doesn't pan out the way that they think it does and Lamar Jackson doesn't happen. Who do you think that they are more likely to take in that spot? I mean, to me, it would make sense. No, I, I don't think he's the fourth pick overall in the draft, Anthony Richardson, but he fits the Shane Steichen six-back offense that, that Jalen Hurts ran. And it's going to be interesting to see where people view that. Now, you know, people talk about Jalen Hurts' college career. Remember, he got benched at halftime for Tua mm-hmm. in, because he couldn't throw the ball. And he's developed along the way. And so there could be a case made. Look, I think this is a he is clearly the most athletic quarterback, the most talented quarterback in terms of all the things you need to play the position, but he doesn't play it that way. There's no tape. This is You're going to have to find confidence to pick him without evidence. There's no evidence to pick him other than his athletic skill. And so you're just going to have to take a risk. And I think we're going to find out Thursday – all the teams that are, you know, the coaches that are at the owners' meetings Monday through Wednesday, everybody's, everybody will be in Gainesville on Thursday to watch. It's going to be a huge day. For uh, Anthony Richardson, I, his completion percentage last year, 58.3, 111th in FBS. Only four quarterbacks have been selected in the first round of the draft in the last 25 years with a sub-55% completion percentage. Kyle Bowler, yeah. Ryan Leaf. Jim Drunkenmiller and Jake Locker. And what do those quarterbacks all have in common, Michael? They're bust. They didn't and, pan and, out. I was talking to Brian Billick the other day, and, and you know, when he we were we, we were both talking about Coach Walsh, and I said, you know, he just wrote a book about the 18 quarterback draft. Josh Allen was in that, and I said, Walsh would have never liked Josh Allen. He just wasn't accurate enough. And, and, and that's the problem. But, you know, because he's fixed it, everybody thinks you can. I'm not sure you can. He's the only one. He's the only example that we have. We got Justin Perry coming back up talking hoops. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. All right, guys, we're entering the final rounds of the tournament. The baseball season is days away, and the Masters is just around the corner. So you know now's the perfect time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Come join us. We've got a special intro offer of just 19 bucks. Get full access to our exclusive betting splits and picks from all of our hosts, all of our analysts and guests on VEASAN.com. Plus, you'll get our MLB and Masters betting guides. Just $19 again for your first 30 days. Go to VEASAN.com for details. This is a, a once-in-a-lifetime offer. Such a fun time. And, on the and once in a calendar. lifetime only comes once in a lifetime. Well, exactly. Once in a lifetime only comes once in a lifetime, right? Well said. Alongside Michael Lombardi, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. We're going to keep it rolling, talking some March Madness as we bring in Justin Perry, betting analyst and product and content lead over at Shot Quality, doing great stuff with Shot Quality bets. I Welcome in, that. Justin. I, I love that shot quality. I, I love that whole, it's a little bit like percent, completion percentage in the NFL where expect it like you got to throw the guy the guy's wide open you got to make that throw right this is where Justin Fields falls well short you know even though he only you know he doesn't do it but See, anyway this is when I wish Femi was on the desk yeah so no no I don't wish there. Femi was here we've had this argument too many times hello Justin I didn't mean to steal your thunder hey no worries hey guys thanks so much for having me on the show really appreciate it yeah shot quality is really expected metrics being brought over into basketball we do college basketball and NBA weighing the value of shots taken regardless of really the result. Of course, we all know watching this tournament how much variance factors into these games. If you have a good night shooting the three, you're probably going to advance. But a little bit of bad luck can make it seem like you're not as good as people might have thought. But it's part of the game, and we want to try to see past what the box scores say alone and really value what these offenses create and what these defenses allow. All right, so teach me something, Justin, here. So I'm watching the – uh, Gonzaga UCLA game and and I forget who takes the shot but the kid come down to shoot a 38 foot or whatever it was how did you value that quality of a shot because when I was growing up you know every basketball coach would have put you on the bench if you took that shot yeah so what we actually do is take a look at a lot of different variables for each different shot so distance from the basket how far away a defender is at the time of the release the close down speed based on how that positioning changes right before the shots taken and then factoring in how each individual player does in certain shot types not really comparing to an average but actually looking at what each player does so we might have it a little bit better for a player like marquise noel who is clearly 
pulling up from the logo more <laughs> boast and a little bit more reliable. But if a big man's going to pull up, we're going to weight it pretty low. It's still going to come down to like a 25, 28 at most percent likelihood for us. We're not going to overweight anything. It's still a very tough shot to pull up from that far. It doesn't matter how tall the defender is in front of Marquise Noel. He'll get it over. Oh, he's fearless. <laughs> he's, he has never looked at a mirror. He's never realized how short he is. Like he just doesn't oh. look at a mirror. There's no mirrors in his house in terms of no, height. Sir. Yeah. People no. tell him he can't. He says, no. he says, why not? Um, when, when it comes to what we've seen so far, I think like, like Michael and I talked about it a little bit earlier. This UConn team has been just so dynamic they're winning games by an average of 23 points per game in terms of shot quality and what you guys have seen are they the best team in the tournament or if not who is you know right now who's left it's probably going to be connecticut we've actually kept connecticut in the top five of our rankings for the majority of the season you know they had a little bit of trouble with some of that drop coverage that was going at sonogo during the middle of the year and the big east kind of uh, gave them a little bit of difficulty there. They lost a few games like in the turn of the season, turn of the year, sorry. But now they've really found it. They're shooting really well. Their shot quality is a little bit skewed because in our systems, you know what happens when we get into these blowout scenarios is teams start hoisting threes and they can be a little overvalued. But what, if you look at what happens before this gets to like a 95% win expectancy for Connecticut, they are just blowing by teams in that, time where it's like tightly contested and the game is still in the balance um you know garbage time obviously needs to be treated a little bit differently and they've been getting there really effectively so honestly no they look like the best team in the tournament to us we've had them really high in our ratings only a few teams come in higher in the entire uh season for us and they were purdue ucla and alabama in there they're all gone. So Connecticut is our top team remaining. And they're next up. The next one is Texas for us. So we think those are probably the two best teams remaining. And we're seeing it. I think today's Miami game is going to be a really good test for this Texas team. But UConn uh, getting by Gonzaga was really impressive. Yeah, no doubt it was impressive. And I was going to go right there to you, to Miami, Texas. I mean, give us your handicap on this game. Uh, I kind of, I'm with you. Stormy and I talked about before the show, we felt like Texas was the one team that kind of could match UConn because it does look like UConn is the best team of the remaining. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Can Miami beat them today? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't think so. We're projecting a seven-point Texas win here today. Uh, we really like this team. We have them as our top defense remaining in the tournament by a good margin, and they've just been exceptional defensively. I think they're going to give this Miami team a little bit more trouble than like a slightly banged up Houston team did. Uh, you know, we, we've we gotten a little bit of flack this season for our Houston being a little low, and I think that's because, you know, we it's hard to almost quantify some of the athleticism that they have, but this, this Texas team brings it the same way, and they go off on our advanced metrics. So I really do think they have a really good chance to shut down some of the length that Miami has and really match up with them on both ends of the floor. And I think it'll be a great game, probably contested late, but wouldn't be shocked to see Texas pull away in like the final five, 10 minutes. So with that, if you think their defense is going to be as effective um, as it, when you look at that 149, 149 and a half for the total, does that make you lean under? Or do you have a little bit of hesitancy too, just because of the pace of this game and two teams that can run and gun up and down the floor? I think it's actually going to be what you said. We're going to lean towards the under with these numbers, with that defensive efficiency that Texas is able to bring. We think that it might be a game closer to the 70s rather than like 75, 78 type of number uh, for each team. We're going to make this one actually 72 to 65, expecting the total right, right around 138. So a really soluble, solid, playable edge for us over at Shop Quality Bets one of our two plays today along with uh, SDSU ATS. Yeah, so I know Stormy won't ask you <laughs> because she's too nervous about it. She's like, <laughs> she needs counseling and she needs therapy, so she's not going to ask you. So you you love San Diego State today against Creighton. Creighton, you know, their, Don't number, get my hopes up, their numbers are good. I mean, Creighton's what, the best team in the Big East defensively, the best team offensively. Everybody talks about how great their spacing is. Uh, but yet you, you like the San Diego State team today. You're making Stormy feel good. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. I'm actually likely going to be waiting and, and taking a plus money line myself. I think it's a really sharp way to play this game. A lot of people uh, really like Creighton. I think there's been a lot of, you know, love for them in the media since the beginning of the season, of course, had a little slump themselves. Uh, didn't really look so great after Maui. Ryan Kalkbrenner gets hurt. 
uh, it's it's definitely a little bit of a resurgence there for them. But we kind of see what SDSU is going to do defensively, and we're excited about it against Creighton. They're coming off a performance where they you know got past Alabama, so I think doubting them at this point against anybody is probably a little bit futile, especially at the odds we're seeing. Um, I'm not going to, you know, promise a win, but I do think this one has a really good shot to go their way, uh, making it around 53, 54% chance for SDSU to win based on expected shot quality. Now, of course, there's a lot of other factors and we're not the end all be all, but, you know, they do limit their opponents to some of the worst looks in college basketball. Uh, the shot selection is is pretty good, especially considering who they've played this season, some effective offenses in the Mountain West, who and that conference has now sort of dispelled some of the, uh, you know, hesitancy. First Final Four or Elite Eight appearance for the conference is really exciting. I think uh, this SDSU team is legit. I hope so. And, I mean, you look at what they did holding Alabama 3 of 27 from 3, one of the most prolific scoring offenses in the country, held them to just 64 points. And I think Creighton has a very similar type of offense from Alabama, just, I mean, less talent, obviously, yeah. but, um, but they do have a better starting five than Alabama. And so my hope with SDSU is that maybe you can get those starters in a little bit of foul trouble here because they don't rotate in off the bench the same way that SDSU does. Do you think that that's something that the Aztecs physicality can do is to, to slow them down and maybe get some of those starters in foul trouble? Yeah, I mean, if you get Ryan Kalkbrenner with two fouls, you know, early in the game, I think the whole tempo changes. It's a pretty legitimate thing about college basketball that's hard to predict, right? Uh, with only five fouls available for a player, the minute they start getting over that limit, it changes everything about how the teams and the lineups and the, you know, the rotations are going to work. And then the efficiencies totally change. So it's hard to predict. But if if some of those major players get in foul trouble, it's going to be tough, I think especially given the Aztecs' ability to defend uh, off the dribble three-point and transition. It just takes away some of the most effective tools for some of the best offenses. And they have like, you know, eight, nine bodies deep that can really defend, play well, uh, find Matt Bradley for some good looks. It's, it's going to be a great game. I think uh, laying points is a little bit scary for me. I really think this one is a bit more of a toss-up than the line is making it. Well, hopefully Matt Bradley scores points before there's like four minutes left in the game. <laughs> that would be ideal this time around. We only have about like 15 seconds left, but in terms of the total, do you lean under maybe? Uh, this one we actually have right on. We're going to okay. make this one right at 132. So probably staying away from the total, just taking either the plus money line or the points. Awesome stuff. Really, really appreciate you doing this Great with job. us. Thank you. Great hey, job. Thanks, appreciate guys. You. Appreciate being here. Justin Perry, make sure you give him a follow at Justin Perry 8, doing great work with shot quality like and shot quality bets. Almost like he's singer name, you know, Justin, Justin Perry. Justin Perry, it does yeah. give you that vibe a little yeah. bit. Stephen Perry, maybe he should sing, uh, you know, what's that, uh, Eric? There you go. What yeah. about Jonathan Von Tobel? Does there. that have a good ring oh, to it? He's going to have to defend his boy and B today. He's coming, coming up back. next. Yeah. <laughs> If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. No better time to hit the court for some exciting action in college hoops than right now. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code VSIN1000 and place your first bet on March Mayhem. If your wager loses, you still receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Find out why March is the most magical month in sports and take your shot at thrilling tourney dubs. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Mississippi, New York, Nevada, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Rolling along here. Wrapping up hour one on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM alongside Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Tony. More college hoops on deck as we welcome in friend of the show, Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN host of Live Bet Saturday and Sunday. Check him out later on this afternoon beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern. Also senior NBA analyst and betting, betting analyst and host of the Hardwood Handicappers pod, JVT. I asked Michael this question earlier today, but I'm going to ask it to you too. What was more surprising for you yesterday that FAU – now finds itself in the final four or just the shellacking that UConn put on Gonzaga? I think it's got to be UConn, right? Because with, with that FAU game, it's like a one and a half point spread. So it's not shocking that they would go ahead and win. Um, but I think when you're looking at it from the perspective of UConn, like the dominance that they showed, I was in, I was in that building watching that. That was incredible. The way that they defended Drew Timmy got him out of his game. You know, Timmy got called out on social media for some of his blatant travels and he got called for a couple of those too. And, Look, was Gonzaga put in a tough spot when Timmy got his fourth foul on absolute nonsense? Yes, but it was just all downhill from there. And UConn deserves a ton of credit because that team's extremely deep. Hurley's got them playing so well. And the sets that they run on offense are great. Like, they look like NBA sets. They're running actual plays. I was really impressed with what UConn did. So I would say with that one, Stormy, just the sheer and utter dominance against Gonzaga. Because remember, too, even though Timmy got a little bit of a fluffy foul there for his fourth one to put him out of the game for a little bit, they were still up 10, UConn was at that point, too. So it's no real guarantee that Gonzaga's going to get back in that game, even though they had the ball. So if you're giving me those two options, I think I'd definitely go with UConn. That was thoroughly impressive. So having watched all this, uh, JVT, how much has UConn – I mean, it almost is like it seems like they're a surprise team, but they've been good all year. But have they raised their level to uh, absolutely to where they are now? I mean, it seems like they put it in another gear. I would say so, Michael. And look, like Ken Palm now has them as the number one team in the country in terms of what their metrics put forth. And when you look at that compared with what the field looks like now, uh, they look like they were a team that is destined to kind of roll through this tournament, right? You go back to, it was pointed out on social media a few years back, I think it was Villanova when they won their national championship. Their average margin of victory was around like 13, 14 points. I think maybe even higher. This UConn team has done that. Like they haven't really been pushed at all and they have looked great. You know, you could argue that some of that is the draw, but Gonzaga is not really a pushover. So I, I really like this Connecticut team. And to your point, Michael, they seem to be peaking at the ultimate, like, right time. They, they are pushing all of the right buttons right now. So when you look at, like, the futures and the college basketball championship odds, 
Texas is still a very good team, obviously, if they can move on here against Miami. You know, Creighton as well and the rest of these squads. We know that in today's college basketball, the margin between these teams is a lot closer than we really expected. But I think Connecticut is really starting to show that at this point right now, they seem to be the best team in the remaining bracket, and they are the best team in the country, at least the way they're playing right now. Yeah, the shortest shot on the board there at plus 120 for a reason. And now, JBT, I came on Live Bet Saturday. Yesterday, we had a conversation, and um, you talked about leaning, taking the points <laughs> with San Diego State. You had the night to sleep trader, on it, and you he wake up feeling a different way. He bailed on you, Stormy. He bailed on you. Yeah. What well, happened? I will say, uh, if you go back and watch the tape, Kelly was starting to put some words in my mouth. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm like, I was leaning a little bit in that direction. And I think I'm going to use your own words against you, Stormy, because I think one of the points that you brought up when you were on with us yesterday was a good one, which was I was expecting a little bit more in terms of the points here for San Diego State, yes. right? Like not just like one and a half or two. I was expecting maybe more in the range of like four and a half or something in that range. And obviously we're starting to climb in that direction. We're not going to get that high. But the more I looked at this last night and coming into this morning, the more you kind of realize, like, I think what I was talking about when you brought up yesterday was true, right? I think when you look at Kalkrenner and what he's going to have to go up against down low with Mensa and Gweka Rope, like, it's going to be a really tough challenge. The difference, what got me when you really break down what Creighton has is it's not just them. It's not just him, right? Like, you have Baylor Shire Moon had a really good game in this uh, tournament. You have Ryan Nemhard, who's capable of scoring. You have all of these really intricate pieces in this, uh, you know, on this offense that can score. There's about four different guys that can carry a load for this team offensively if a guy like Calc Renner is not going to be effective because he's dealing with that front court of San Diego State. And I, I think that's ultimately what made the difference for me here. San Diego State in the three games that they've played up to this point, talking about under a point per possession in two of them. The only one where they really showed out uh, was that game against Furman where they were really whacking the Paladins. But outside of that, we've talked about this before, right, Stormy? It's your Aztecs offense at times. I know they really can go cold, JVT. Yeah, Let right. it go. Let <laughs> it go. I mean, it's, it's a really big part of this. You're though, just right? killing her, JVT. You're right. killing she's just her. piling I mean, on. She's like, the, she's like, you know, when the Wicked Witch just flutters down the thing. I mean, yeah. this is what's happening right here before our eyes. I mean, we were you know, friends. yeah. At the end of the You're day, cold hearted, JVT. I mean, everything we're talking about, it's, it's a, the number at minus two, it's starting to climb. Figured all of those things. I'll end it on that. It was a cheap number to lay there with Brady. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Texas. I mean, you know, we just had Justin Perry on, uh, not to be accused, but Steve Perry, uh, you know, the, talking about the analytics of the Texas, and he thinks Texas is the second best team. So does the betting market in the tournament. What's your handicap on this Texas-Miami game? Because to me, you know, I, I, I want to think it's Texas, but Laranega just somehow finds a way to get his team ready to play. And give your yeah. honest opinion, because I know you have a Miami future as well. Yeah, oh, yes. good, good call, Stormy. Way to go. <laughs> call him out on that. Yeah. Well, and so my honest opinion is the more that I was looking at this, Stormy. So I, I've come into this tournament, Michael, like with the thought that I think the market was kind of undervaluing Miami to a certain extent, right? If you look at the game against Drake, where that was about a two and a half point spread and they needed a late run, but they still went and covered that game. The market moves against them when they go out and they play Indiana and they win that game comfortably. The market moves against them ever so slightly against Houston. Most spots, they close eight and they win that game as well. So I've kind of come into this tournament with the mindset that Miami has been a little undervalued, whether that's because the seed they were or because of the conference that they played in. Regardless, you've had some value clearly on betting on Miami as we got up to this point. Having said that, now you can kind of make the argument that the market has started to slightly adjust to what Miami has done to this point. A lot of the projections like Ken Palm and others have this about a five, five and a half point game. And when you look at the way Miami defends, that's going to be, I think, a little bit of a problem against a Texas team that has some good pieces that can score in their own right. And on top of that, Texas does have the edge defensively, right? This is a really good defensive team. They're uber athletic. They can match up with this backcourt for Miami, too. I think that when you're kind of looking at all of this, which to bring into the future, right, I am, I'm going to hope that Miami can get off to a little bit of a hot start and play Texas on like maybe a plus price in game, see if there's something to, to attack there. But the more I've looked at this, the more I think that the, the market might be a little short here on Texas when you're talking about, about minus four and that the Longhorns have a pretty good shot to cover this thing and move on. Yeah, Justin's projections at shot quality had Texas with a seven-point win. So yeah. um, just goes to show a little bit of the disparity there. Um, any concern, though, on the Texas side with their center, Dylan DeSue? Um, he injured his foot early in the first half of that last game, and he's a game-time decision tonight. Does that impact anything for you? I mean, I think it impacts where you're at with this number, right? Because we saw, like, go back to UCLA and uh, Gonzaga. 
there was a late swing back to Gonzaga in that game because Dambona ends up not playing. And so that was worth it and why we went back to pick there. So I, I think it's it's almost like to put the NBA hat on Stormy, right? It's just waiting for that information and seeing where this line is going to close because the market will react one way or the other. If he's officially ruled in, then of course you might see a bump toward Texas. And if he's officially ruled out, then you might see this get back to like, I don't know, maybe three and a half in favor of Texas, but with a cheap number. I think even without him, they should be able to match up pretty well defensively, but it's more about the number where it's going to close with that information as opposed to, attacking this from a result standpoint. Let me ask you this question. Say Texas wins and they face, do they, I, I believe they that UConn. they face UConn, right? So what yep. do you think that number would open up us? Because I think there's going to be a little bit of a pad in the UConn number, whoever they play. Yeah, I, I would think, Michael, off the top of my head, I'm thinking like three or four in yeah. favor of UConn, right? Maybe, maybe a little bit closer to four, just given how much this team's power rating has improved throughout the tournament, and especially after a big win over Gonzaga. But UConn's definitely going to be favored, but I, I think it's going to be in the range of about three or four points, if you're guessing. Is there a bet to be made on the the championship odds board? Because in in my brain, you have to imagine that the winner of that UConn-Texas game is probably going to win. So is there any interest or value on the board? I mean, not really. Even if, like, so Stormy, if you feel like you want to take even, like, a long shot, right? Even at this point right now, you're making more money if, let's say, you think Miami can still win this thing. You're making more money as betting this money line and then rolling that thing over. At this point, everything's really baked into these numbers. Uh, You know, look, you can take UConn because once the field shortens, they're going to get a little bit of a shorter price, but uh, ultimately, you're not getting the value that you should at this point in the tournament. We're just going to throw that in our pro tips. Pro tips. Say you're sorry, JVT. Say you're sorry. Come on. Come Come on, on, man. You ruined a girl's morning. Come on now. I'd say this, Stormy. My late grandfather, big San Diego State Aztecs fan. So if they win and they move on, I will be totally happy. Be an honorary Aztec. Come on. Appreciate your time, though, JVT. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, JVT. Thank you. Catch him later on today, Live Bet Sunday, beginning at 3 o'clock Eastern time. We're going to step aside, starting hour two, talking the AFC South as we continue cranking through the divisions in the NFL. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 